forgot to find a spot for it on the wall. And we are live. Um, <laughs> we just go. Hold up. Oh, where did Mike go? He just disappeared. Where did Mike go? Yeah, where did Mike go? Did he just do this on purpose or what? <laughs> I don't know. He's um. He my, laptop, my laptop had a stroke. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I'm back. Good stitch up, mate. Good stitch up. <laughs> um, but anyway, what were you guys talking about while I was I was throwing my dishes in the sink or my sink in the dishes or whatever the fuck I said before we went on the air? We were kind of just nerding out about my wall. Like I'm in my living room and I have like a whole like L-shaped wall of like just random comic book stuff that I found at Ross and Burks of all places. And then all the Spider-Man stuff, our lead guitarist actually just bought and just randomly shows up at my house and gives me sometimes. Are are you a like one of them guys that's like I'm just DC I'm just Marvel or do you like all the comics? I like all of it, man. Like I, I'm not like team this or team that. Like a good story is a good story. It doesn't matter who writes it. That that's how I am. But I when it comes to, like comics, I love all types of comics. But my go-to is usually like comedy or really dark. Like there's no in between. I either go with like okay. killing killing joke type shit. Or God. like, or like Deadpool. Like, <laughs> so I, I actually have a Deadpool like right next to the the uh, Joker with the cat. I have a Deadpool one where it's like, I it's noticed that Wade the Weirdo Wilson versus Wade the Will Weirder O Wilson. So it's like Deadpool kills Deadpool. Oh, I love the Deadpool kills Deadpool shit, bro. Like that shit's awesome. Did you ever uh, read the Deadpool kills Marvel? Kills the Marvel universe. <laughs> Fuck yes, dude. <laughs> straight up puts a bullet up spider-man's brain and i'm just like oh my god <laughs> and he uh he had wolverine wolverine's like i can just regenerate and he hooks him up on this thing that burns him alive and he just keeps dying over yeah and he over. basically becomes a literal prometheus <laughs> yeah that's just fucking incredible bro. insane that's that's just dark comedy like yeah you know <laughs> And for those of you that are uh, just now tuning in, we have, is it Leon Craft or is there? It is Leon Craft. I was right. Mm, Leon Craft. Look at uh, you. Of Love the Hate, which you can find them on social media. And no, look at me go, because we got some professional shit going on on this show. Uh, go oh, ahead yeah. and follow Love the Hate on Facebook um, at Love the Hate Band. You can also follow them on Twitter at Love the Hate 2 which I guess there's a one somewhere. And then we have at love the hate <laughs> underscore official on Instagram. What's up with love the hate too? Was there, was it taken? Did you guys have another one and it didn't work? Yeah. So love the hate itself, like at love the hate was actually taken. So we just like, all right, fine. We're love the hate too. Then <laughs> we, everybody loves hate. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Like the whole name of the band was actually kind of like, cause we've, we've been asked like is that some like zen like buddhist type type thing and i'm like no that was a smart ass comment by frank killian our lead guitar player when we didn't have the name of the band yet and we were like yeah that's because like we we had all come from other bands in the area and when we split from those bands to form this one um i i hate the moniker but kind of like a local super group or whatever mm -hmm. um we got a little animosity and we got a little hate from our uh, former employers to say and uh we were in the band room one day and frank was like i don't care i love the hate that means we're doing something right and we were like wait hold up say that again <laughs> and that's 
that's how the band name came. We kind of just embraced it a little bit. You know, there are worse band names you could have chosen. Like, we butter our bread with butter. I wrestled a bear once. <laughs> I wrestled a bear once is, is pretty, kind of kind of cool. You know, you know what's kind of hilarious is, is I saw a post the other day where it said, by the way, you're on a show that is unscripted, uncensored. So, <laughs> welcome. Um, yeah, no FCC bullshit. I love it. <laughs> but uh, we might get canceled off YouTube. Who knows? But there's this uh, game you can play where you replace any word of a band name with foreskin. Oh, no. And my favorite is I wrestled a foreskin once. Or we or we butter our foreskin with butter. <laughs> like that, that is <laughs> I mean that's pretty dangerous. I like love the foreskin. <laughs> like it's pretty dangerous for us. Those ideas for you now. <laughs> yeah. You give it side project. Got yeah. a parody version of our own songs. Frank does that anyway. He makes horrendously inappropriate parody version of, of our own songs and it's just rolling laughter while we're on the road. So you guys are going to be your own weird Al Yankovic. Yes, like we're we're like we're masks and so like slip knotted out, but like you guys nobody, are like Blar. nobody will know it's us except for everybody watching right now. <laughs> oh shit! We just let the cat out of the bag. What are you going to name the band? Hate the love? <laughs> maybe two. Maybe or actually, we'll just name we'll just name the band Love to hate because literally every time someone asks our band name and we say, we say love the hate they immediately come back with love to hate and i'm like six years of correcting people on that shit <laughs> did you guys even graduate high school like, like you right, think like, it's us too i was like look i know we're from alabama but damn <laughs> at, at least you know you guys well, are from i don't, I don't sound like alabama. i'm from alabama though my mom was an english professor and basically beat the redneck out of me Oh shit! Your mom succeeded at what a lot of parents have tried. <laughs> you know, like when I was five years old, I was reading Greek mythology clip notes. So, speaking of uh, mythology, are you like you're into like comic books and shit? Are you into like Lucifer on Netflix? That is, so I don't really have a lot of time to watch a lot of media. Um, I'll, you're gonna hate me for this. I have a Disney Plus subscription. Haven't seen one episode of The Mandalorian, WandaVision, Captain America, Loki. Okay, I, we need to get rid of this guy. No, come back, come back, come back. Look, look, it's not for lack of wanting to. I really, really, really want to. Especially when I'm on social media and I'm seeing all this and that, and I'm like, it's just finding the time to like sit down and binge everything. You guys handle like all these social media accounts. I get it because yeah. it's hard for me to watch anything because I'm handling the podcast. I've got a media company I help run. I've got all these socials. Like Jesus Christ, like, yeah. I get it. it. It gets to be a bit much, but it, eventually, hopefully, well, maybe not. Hopefully, things will slow down a little bit, and I can actually, you know, me and my wife can sit down and, and binge everything we've missed out on in the last two years. It seems like. Okay, let, let me uh, sum it up for you. There's uh, here's things that Don't you missed. Don't spoil during... anything. No, here no here's shows that you missed during the pandemic. There's a show about some guy that lives in uh, where's Oklahoma who owns a bunch of tigers and wants to kill some bitch in Florida. Um, that happened during the uh, pandemic, and then you have the Mandalorian, of course. Uh, <laughs> The Mandalorian's really good, though, bro. If you like Star Wars, oh yeah, I do. I, I really enjoy Star Wars. Um, I'm I'm hot and cold on the newest trilogy, but everything beforehand, even the prequels, I really enjoyed. Because prequels came out when I was a child, so like, I didn't really have anything to hate at the time. 
So I still enjoyed the prequels, even though the second one uh, got a little cringy. I hate sand. It's it's rough and coarse and gets everywhere. Like, what the fuck was that line? But you know who I blame for that? And I get hate for this, but I don't blame George Lucas for that shit. I blame the Star Wars fan base. For oh, the fans. Uh, I, I don't want to do a blanket statement, but fandoms in general can sometimes get real fucking toxic. Yeah. Because what happened was, is this is a theory, but George Lucas pretty much said that it's true without coming out and saying it's true. Like he's hinted at it. Um, the original trilogy was supposed to mirror the, the original trilogy. The prequel trilogy was supposed to mirror the original. Mm -hmm. um, but the dark side is supposed to have all the characters that the light side had. Well, if you look at it, there was no dark side Yoda. Right. The, the fans hated Jar Jar Binks so much they didn't they didn't fire the gun on him being the ultimate Sith Lord. So pretty much we ended up with a stale movie because the fans pretty much killed off Jar Jar. I honestly, I would have loved Darth Jar Jar. Yeah, have him come like, out in the second movie. It's up in the movie this whole time. Like, but, like, could you imagine the turnaround of the ultimate idiot actually being the ultimate bad guy the whole time? Yeah, because that like, happened. That's freaking genius. That happened with Yoda being the ultimate good guy. That would have been more badass if you had Jar Jar. Like, I know the fans would hate it at first, but over time, it would have been it would have. It would have. I mean, like, I, I honestly, I would still love to see it. If somebody wants to make a fan-made movie or whatever, I would watch that shit. Yeah. Like, that would, would have fixed everything in the first movie. That would have fixed, like, like, everything. And if you watch that first movie knowing that, Jar Jar uses the Force a lot in that movie. Watch yeah. it again. Like there, there's some context clues of where they originally thought that they were going to go, and then it just got flipped on its head. Yeah, but. after fans hated on it, they didn't do what they originally wanted to do in the second movie, which is kind of fucked up. Man, I, I think it would have been more metal to just say fuck it and do it anyway. Yeah, B George Lucas had the balls. I don't know if you saw the picture or not, but he wore on the set of, I think, the second prequel movie, which was what, Attack of the Clones? Or was it... Was Phantom um, Menace was the first one, wasn't it? Was the second one called Clone Wars? No, Clone Wars was the TV series. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Attack. The second one was Attack of the Clones. Then, uh, on the set of Attack of the Clones, George Lucas was wearing a shirt that said "Han Solo shot first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which at that time was controversial as fuck because he re-released the movie with Han not shooting first in the original trilogy. I don't know if you guys know the whole story. But there's a scene in the original Star Wars trilogy where Han Solo is sitting there talking to a guy named Greedo. And in the original yeah. movie, Han Solo shot him for no apparent reason other than to just shoot him because he was screwing him over. Well, in the re-release of the movie, George Lucas thought it made him out to be too big of a bad guy that he had Greedo shooting and he was defending himself. Yeah. Which is dumb. dumb. <laughs> Let Han Solo be a badass. Right. Like, let him be a badass. Now, before we get further into this conversation, I want everybody to know that they can follow you guys on social media once again. And also, I would like to throw a little bit of promotional stuff. Um, we was talking about Weird Al Yankovic earlier um, because you said you want to do your own parodies. So I think now's a good time for a little bit of self-promotion. I'm going to be appearing on the Rock and Row podcast, taking over for the Sock and Row podcast, where we're going to talk about Weird Al. Now... <laughs> You might think that this is a photo of Weird Al with the baby from Nirvana, but actually that is my face on Weird Al's body. <laughs> Where did your beard go? 
<laughs> I actually, uh, that photo that I stole that from, my own photo that I stole that from, the face anyway, is from 2009. I was Weird Al Yankovic for Halloween. Oh, no. <laughs> and, yeah, we also have a few uh, guests coming up. We, we're all over the place. And, by the way, if you ever want to come back on this crazy shit, you're more than welcome. Oh, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> uh, we have Alan Poe coming on on the 16th. Um, then we have uh, Tower Stories on the 23rd. Uh, our buddy Jeff Towers is coming on to uh, talk about Wasp, his time uh, working for Wasp in his town. Um, yes, that is Jeff Towers' face edited on uh, Blackie Lawless. I've been working with the Photoshop a lot. Um, <laughs> then, we have, there we, then we have Eric 13 of Combi Christ. Are you familiar with Combi Christ? I am. You should check out that episode. Eric 13 has been with Combi Christ for what, eight years, Greg? Close to eight years, I believe, yeah. Eight years. And then we have Michael McVeigh on the show. He is a huge Kiss fan. He knows all the members of Kiss. He's also got his own band. I forget the name of his current band. He can tell you when he's on there. That is not Guy Fieri, by the way. Um, he gets mistaken. <laughs> he gets mistaken a lot for Guy Fieri. How does he get mistaken for Guy Fieri? Like wrong hair color. It doesn't no, look no. like the same hairstyle. No, he used to spike it. He spikes his hair up and it used to have blonde tips. <laughs> okay. Okay, fair enough. Does he wear like the flame like bowling shirt? He should. He should. He's good. He's, he's, good. he's probably watching this like you're an asshole, Mike. <laughs> but I'm jumping in on it too. I'll, I'll take some blame. But... And then we have our friend, our friend and former uh, producer Kathy Grant has her show Reignite with Kathy Grant. Um, she has Roman Jug of the Damned, which is a pretty big guest. If you have a chance, buddy, I know you can't check out much media because you're busy with your band, but that's another really good show. And then we have the voice at show uh, has Stuart ham. That makes me hungry. I want like a hot pocket with ham in it and cheese. Now <laughs> that's my favorite one too. <laughs> my favorite one used to be the Philly cheesesteak, but then they started getting the really bad like outbreak of like diseases and shit. Yeah. Um, then we have, of course, we have our friends at Death Comes Lifting. They have their Iron Worship podcast. It's Sabbath Sunday. And we also Which have I'm on there as well. So. Yeah, he's also on there. He's a co-host of all sorts. And then we have the Calabrese Mystic Cult of Horrors podcast. Are you familiar with Calabrese? I don't think I am, actually. Check them out. They're like a um, love child of like misfits and ghosts. And, and ghost. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, I have to now. Like, they're really good. And then, of course, we have our buddy Ryan Roxy of Alice Cooper fame. He is interviewing K.K. Downing of Judas Priest. Oh, shit. Okay. Formerly of Judas Priest. Um, he's no longer with Judas Priest, but... Yeah, doesn't he have a band now? Isn't it just called Priest or... It's called K.K. So, yeah. Priest. Yeah. It's, and it sounds just like Judas Priest because or the jugulator uh, era of Judas Priest because it has Tim Ripper Owens. And, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, heard I've that. I heard a couple of their singles and I'm just like, all right, I'm all in. I like it a lot, but I feel like KK is trying too hard to just mimic the style of Judas Priest, which I get it. He's one of the like, I mean, yeah, he's not a founding member of the band, I don't think, but he's part of the legendary sound. So I get it. Like, I totally get it. Like, do you guys are are you guys still doing some gigs? Because I know shows are coming back. Yeah, um, we've got uh, 
I'm looking at my calendar across the room, like our next two months are pretty booked up solid. And then usually the industry shuts down like mm -hmm. November 1st, most of the time. Um, but let's, uh, let me see. Um, so we have a local he show here in Mobile on August 20th. Um, just a little one-off thing that we're doing at one of our favorite venues down here. And, um, but as far as like big dates coming up, um, September 3rd, we'll be playing Onyx Fest in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, all proceeds for that are going to charity as well. I don't remember off the top of my head what specific charity, and I'm sure I'll get yelled at about that later. Um, <laughs> September 16th, we'll be at Holland Malls in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, as direct support for Tommy Vex and uh, his solo outing. Uh, September 24th, we'll be at the Daphne Civic Center with Hinder and Tantric. Uh, September 30th, we'll be at the Cannery in Biloxi, Mississippi with Blacktop Mojo. I and then love that band. God. And then that lead singer, that voice comes out of a lumberjack that looks like he's from Letterkenny. It's fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> They're a great band. Check them out, Greg. They, they are amazing. And then Was it them that did that cover? Was it them that did the Fleetwood Mac cover of Dream? They did a cover of Dream On, and he hit those high notes spectacularly. If I'm not mistaken, they're also the same band that did Dreams by Fleetwood Mac cover. They might be. I, I, I haven't heard that one, but the, the Dream On cover is spot on. Because we have a mutual friend who sends me a lot of stuff to promote, Tom George of Tag Publicity. He's, and he sends Tom's me awesome. He's sending me blacktop all the time. And I'm like, I love these guys. <laughs> That's how I discovered you guys. And I really do enjoy your guys' music too. Like Garak said before you came on, he's like, they sound like Nickelback, but better. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I've been told. If only like, Nickelback make good music is that. How's that? <laughs> yes, yeah. It's like, look, there have been times I've been told like, or we, we one time got this comment like, man, they sound like breaking theory of a nickelback. And I'm like, that sounds like a bunch of zeros. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys sound like you came from like the early like two thousands, like the great era of like rock, because like rock died for a while after the grunge movement and then we had this yeah. big resurgence. Well, I mean, we were during that time, the early two thousands and you know, when, you know, you had Seether, Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Grace just tearing it up and was like top 10 videos on Fuse TV and MTV back when that, those were still a thing. Like, and Puddle you know, of Mud. <laughs> she fucking hates me fucking tore up back then, bro. You can't tell but, me. But like those <laughs> bands were very prominent in our, our teenage years. So like there's definitely some influence there. I come from a little bit more of the more the heavy and the metal side like i listen to everything from michael jackson all the way to satanic black metal it just depends on how i feel me too um, <laughs> but like i i come from a little bit more of the the heavier side uh but you know breaking benjamin three days grace and all that and see there were shine down too were all big bands during that era so it's definitely an influence on us because they were they were the hot tickets when we were Kids. starting to hone our craft mm-hmm the, the thing that's would be really cool is you said you're into the really heavier music. That'd be cool if you guys go from like the style you have now to releasing a song like Lamb of God. <laughs> don't don't threaten me with a good time. Like, most of the time, like when I pick up a guitar to write riffs and stuff, like I actually have to kind of like consciously be like, okay, this is a little bit 
too heavy too heavy for what we're we're trying to do but like you know i would love to have just a full-blown metal side project where i can just rip you guys could still do that if he could vocally do it because the thing is there's a band that i listened to i discovered at a festival their name's kane hill yes um, i know they started off like a Slipknot, like Marilyn Manson, like heavy vibe. And then they released like a pop album and like, it was kind of yeah. weird, but it worked. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, there, there are some new songs we're working on right now that are heavier than our la latest single, but still distinctly sound like us. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I like is, you know, as we've gotten new members, we have new abilities and new ideas and new ways of approaching music. Our songwriting has matured and we've all improved on our instruments as well. So there's some new songs we're working on right now that are heavier than the latest single that are a little bit more progressive and experimental than the last single. And it's like literally every new song we write, it's something a little different, but it still uniquely sounds like us. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with a lot of bands is I really love. I don't mind bands that they stick to the same sound, but I also love when bands evolve but still stick to the same sound. It's when it gets kind of mucky when a band's been around for like years, like let's say 20 years, and then they significantly change their sound due to like right. a member change or whatever. Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. Like Black Sabbath, it worked. Right. But like in other bands, it doesn't work as successfully. Like journey changed a lot too when they first started they were a progressive rock band and then they became what they are now but other bands sometimes it just doesn't work because people like the core members for whatever reason that'd be like yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean as of now frank and i are the only two original members left um so we've, we've had a few lineup changes we've had quite a bit of a trials and tribulations and uh, one instance of tragedy so i mean like we're fighters and we persevere and we just keep going that happens in bands a lot especially like that happens a lot more it seems in like metal and rock like look at some of the older metal bands how many have original members megadeth has one yeah <laughs> that 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 band has always been a revolving door around Dave. Um, Mega Dave. <laughs> I, believe, I believe Guar has zero original members. I think they're all, or is there still one? Touring members, they have zero, but um, Sleazy P. Martini is still part of the band, technically. Okay. Um, also, I love that you said Guar because I'm a huge Guar fan, too. Oh, they're so good. Um, I saw them live and they still put on an amazing show and they have no original members. <laughs> <laughs> follow the formula man well the thing is is it works for a band like that because they have a storyline they have like reasons why the members are different they have the costumes they have <laughs> all this they have huge mythology and they're really good musicians like yeah. they find the best musicians the current guitarist was the original guitarist of cannabis corpse <laughs> not cannibal corpse cannabis corpse <laughs> have you heard of that band I have not, and now I want to. They are an all-weed-themed death metal band. <laughs> all right, I'm sold. <laughs> and all of their albums are named like parodies of like death metal albums, but their music's all original. Okay. They're not. They're not a parody band per se, but they use like titles as parodies. If that makes any sense. Gotcha. Which is pretty cool. Like their, I think their latest album was Nug So Vile. <laughs> 
I actually like find it really cool that the band Cannibal Corpse has the same artist for every single album still. How do they? Yes, yeah, same guy. He actually sells his own artwork on his website. Nice. Yeah. Like it's fucking killer. Sorry, our topics go all over the place and we're not I guess, tra- dude, I have ADHD, so I mean like I'll I'll chase the rabbit every now and then. <laughs> we're not your typical podcast though. I don't like the ones that are like ask the same questions over and over. Like you go on one podcast, hey, your band is Love the Hate. You guys are from Mobile, Alabama. What's it like being around all them rednecks or whatever they say? Like, <laughs> I'm a very bad southerner. It fucking sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel you. I feel you. I'm 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 not Southerner, but I lived in Ohio, and a lot of people in Ohio think it's the South. Like it's really weird. Like I live close to West Virginia, okay. And uh, well, I lived right now. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, but I plan on going back to Ohio for some reason. But um, Ohio, where I lived at, was close to West Virginia. And here's something that didn't make sense to me. Not to get political or anything like that. It's just something I found odd. There was people that their entire family lived in West Virginia and they're flying the Confederate flag. Now that makes zero sense because, because <laughs> if you know history, West Virginia broke off from the Confederacy to become West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck? Well, I'm from Australia. So he's from Australia. I'm, I'm from the future. You know how weird it is? My co-host is from Australia. My producer is from Germany, but she's actually from England. <laughs> like, okay. what? like, what the fuck? We're from all over. We, we, <laughs> we, we like the, the national broadcasters. Have you seen, um, since you are a comic book fan, full 180, have you seen the Death in the Family uh, cartoon movie that they made? I have not yet. It's on my list, though. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, that's the Red Hood one. Yes, I have. It's fucking good. It's not as yes, good as I the have. Killing Joke cartoon, but it's pretty good. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. That's when Jason Todd gets fucked up. Yes, I have seen. Yeah, that. yeah. He got real fucked up. Uh, my favorite though out of the two was Killing Joke because you had like the all star cast. You had the Batman from the Batman animated series playing. Yeah, you Batman. had Kevin Conroy, man. Like you can't beat that guy. And you had Mark Hamill back as the Joker. Like, that dude is forever and always the voice of the Joker. Like, fuck anybody else. You know, like, fuck anybody else. Mark Hamill is the voice of the Joker. Freaking Luke fucking Skywalker. Hell yes. And that voice coming out of Luke Skywalker is fucking horrifying. It is. But the bad thing is, there's a few times when I go back and watch the original trilogy, there's a couple of scenes where I can slightly hear it. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, shit. Especially the scene where he's like, no, it couldn't be. And he's like yelling and shit. Yes. It's like right there. I was just like, oh, I can hear the Joker right there. Yeah. That's where it begins. He also uh, voiced Chucky in the new Child's Play. I did hear about that. Don't watch it. It's the worst Mark Hamill movie ever. Like, he shouldn't have done it. Even worse than the Star Wars Holiday Special? Yes. (laughs) At least that had, what, Ewoks and shit in it? (laughs) Even Mark Hamill himself said that that was shit. Don't watch it. Mark Hamill also said that the uh, first of the new trilogy was shit. Well, no, the second movie of the new trilogy was shit. I would agree with that. Because he said, why the fuck would Luke Skywalker throw his lightsaber? Like, what? what, what? (laughs) Like, what the fuck is wrong with him? But 
Mark Hamill as the Joker is the best, like in my honest opinion, because I got an idea for Hollywood. This is for Hollywood listening. I want you to give your opinion on this. They've been talking about doing a Batman Beyond film, live action. You know who should voice the Joker when he when he returns like he did in like the cartoon movie? Yeah. Mark Hamill should play the old Joker in a live so action play film. Play him in the live Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fan fucking tastic. Or William Defoe. Well, I was about to say that the picture of William Defoe in Joker makeup is fucking striking. And, and I honestly would love to see that because William Defoe can play crazy people pretty well too. Well, you, who should play one of his minions should be Jim Carrey. We should. That would be pretty sick. Well, they were talking about casting Jim Carrey as the Joker. The or, or I thought I saw Jim Carrey as well. No, Jim Carrey was also the Riddler. He was uh, the what was I? Neil Patrick Harris as the Riddler. I always wanted to see that too when I saw that like fake promo poster i was just like oh fuck that's perfect did why has know, nobody done that yet did you know robin williams was casted three times to be in batman movies but every time they snubbed him for somebody else who would he be the joker in the 1989 batman was who he was originally casted as and 1989 imagine that movie without jack nicholson now though but could you imagine 1989 Robin Williams playing the Joker? He was still like a huge, like typecasted into comedy. That would have yeah. like helped a lot. Like, yeah, he did Dead Poet Society later on and shit, but that would have been the first sight of him as a like oh, serious psycho role. And that would have been cool. And I'm trying to imagine it. And, and uh, then I, I don't like what I'm seeing. <laughs> they snubbed him for that for Jack Nicholson, which I agreed with at that time for that time period. But fast forward, they did Batman Beyond with the Riddler. Robin Williams was originally casted to play the Riddler. And they snubbed him for Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey got that role. And then in the Dark Knight, he was asked to play the Joker. And he said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Heath Ledger fucking killed it, though. I still yeah. prefer Jack Nicholson's over Heath Ledger's. I, so. and maybe it's because like the, the Jack Nicholson movie came out the year before I was born. So, you know, I was uh, in the dark night years, I was a teenager. So that one, I guess I related to a little bit more. Um, and the nostalgia of it all. Yeah. Like so, the, the latest Joker movie. What was that? Did you like the latest Joker movie? Um, I thought I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it. Cause like I enjoyed it and I think it's, I think it's a very insightful deep dive into mental health and mental illness. Mm -hmm. And I, I, at least to me, and I really appreciated that. Like it, it was kind of a deep movie. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It was, I mean, I enjoyed it and it was, it was interesting. Um, some of it is a little close to the vest for me because I'm kind of a little bit of a broken person. Um, but it was, I thought it was a very interesting take and I thought Joaquin Phoenix did a great job of it. 
the dude's a fucking beast of an actor. Yeah, dude. he's yeah. fucking weird as hell, but he really can play anything. He's sure they'll be doing an, uh, a second one, or I think he might be in the uh, new Batman movie or something like which, that. Which, which really one? Because I heard there's like three fucking Batmans walking around out there. There was one got, with got... um, Robert. Ben... Is it the Batman with Robert Pattinson? Yeah, there's Robert Pattinson. There's Ben um, Affleck. Ben Affleck, and I just the saw TV. there's another one now coming with a completely different guy. I'm just like, I just, which universe should I follow now? <laughs> I was, uh, my roommate said this, and it is 100% true. And he's also was the former co host, Tony. He was uh, sitting there talking about um, Batman. And he's like, when I first heard that Robert Patterson was Patterson, whatever his name is, is playing Batman, it was like Ted 2 when he found out who was playing Superman. The new <laughs> Superman is. And he's like, fuck. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I was a little. See, the, the problem is, is this, is Robert Pattinson gets a lot of shit because of the Twilight series. If the Twilight series didn't exist and you go off of the merit of his acting skills in his other movies, Robert Pattinson is a phenomenal actor. Yeah, if that's... Twilight didn't exist, there would probably be not nearly as much pushback about him being Batman. And Robert Pattinson himself has gone on record of saying he hates the Twilight movies. But and even I was just like Edward Cullen's playing fucking Batman. Are you kidding me? So I was guilty of it too. And then I saw that trailer, and I was like, "Oh fuck, he might actually pull this off." It could be worse because uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but existing somewhere out there that we will never see, there is a Superman movie starring Nicolas Cage. Just no, 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 it has, no. Been, it has been filmed. It just never was released. Tim, Bur Tim Burton is the director. <laughs> and this is long haired Nicolas Cage, not Nicolas Cage now. See, the thing is, oh, Michael Keaton is back, by the way, is Batman. I did see that. And I'm very excited for the Flash movie just because of that. Um, yeah. I, I have faith in Tim Burton because I mean he directed the 1989. He was big adventure. <laughs> you know, but it's I it's I have zero faith in Nicholas Cage for that role. Like I have faith in Tim Burton, there, not Nicholas Cage. There's actually pictures of Nicholas Cage's. <laughs> I really don't want. I, I don't want to. Please don't. Um, hold on. Let me find it here. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't expect anything. And is, is it, um, Colin Farrell is playing as the Penguin in the Batman movie as well. Is yeah, the, now that one, I, um, that one is a little weird. Like, all right, yeah. is, this, is this you know, is this cobbled pot before he started eating a bunch of McDonald's and <laughs> shrank three feet? Like, yeah, because so, like, um, Colin, Colin Farrell is like, you know, he's 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 a handsome man and he's always been built well. And cobble pot is holy <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> But Penguin, I think they shouldn't have somebody else play him. They should just bring back Danny DeVito. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I, well, maybe Danny DeVito was the perfect like casting that. for that. And I don't... <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll have to see the movie before I pass any judgments. But like, I mean, the trailer did instill some faith in me. But I, I don't I, sh I don't know where they're going. But I'm pretty sure it's, it's getting an anime rated anyway, or R rated mm -hmm. rating. 
oh, okay, cool. I'm sold. I'll watch it now. <laughs> so let's uh, discuss something that a lot of people don't want to talk about right now is uh, Deadpool 3 is being made right now, and it's going to be the first R-rated Disney movie. <laughs> I'm fucking excited. I'm fucking excited. Ryan Reynolds was born to play Deadpool. Um, and How's his role, I'm, man? I'm, I'm fucking excited. I love the Deadpool movies. You can really tell that this that Deadpool was a passion project for Ryan Reynolds. He had, I think, I heard him say he had been going after that role literally since the Wolverine Origins debacle. Like he had been like, "Look, I want to do." He had been trying to get this movie made. He has been trying to have this movie made for like thirteen years. And then as soon as he finally got the green light to do the first one, it became an instant success. It was freaking hilarious. The opening credits made me laugh. So I was yeah. like, oh, God, I'm about to be in for a ride. This is going to be fantastic. <laughs> it's and classic it Deadpool. It, it's, the whole thing's fantastic. It, 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 even the breaking the fourth wall, like in the comic, everything is fantastic in the first and the second one. The breaking the fourth wall and calling Cable Thanos is because it's the same actor. <laughs> it was just like, oh, fuck yes. But now I've been hearing rumors that Deadpool is going to be part of the, the current MCU. So I'm like, how are they going to intertwine that? I have an idea. Um, I have an idea. The multiverse thing that's apparently about to go Stan on. Stan Lee's dead now. Replace all of his cameos with Deadpool. I've seen that too, <laughs> and that would be fantastic. Also, or could you imagine Ryan Reynolds just getting a paycheck for five seconds of screen time on a huge Marvel movies? But right. Uh, my favorite is, is it wasn't in the movie, but you might remember the commercial. There was a Deadpool commercial where Deadpool's changing in the booth like Superman. Yes. And he leaves and Stanley's like, you were late. And he's like, zip it, Stanley. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, I do remember that. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm so excited. I don't I like, yeah, Disney is associated usually with kids stuff, but they have been coming into the more mature stuff, you know, especially with the, the MCU stuff. So, I mean, like, and even Star Wars a little bit. And even Star Wars a little bit. So it's just like, hey, parents, make good decisions and let the rest of us enjoy shit, you know? <laughs> well, what's weird about Star Wars is, is like, they made Clone Wars and shows like that, like, that's supposed to be aimed at kids. But that storyline is so in-depth, you can't market that for children. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I remember I saw the original trilogy when I was very young, like, I think four or five. I literally took nothing from that other than laser swords. Fucking cool. <laughs> Like, right? that's literally all I took from it when I was a child. It wasn't until, like, the prequels came out and I was, like, five years older that I was just like, okay, now I'm starting to understand what's happening. And then after the last prequel came out, I went back, watched the original trilogy, and got fully caught up. And I was like, okay, now I completely understand because my brain has developed past laser swords are cool. There's still a lot to this trilogy that, as an adult, still confuses me at times. Well, the the new trilogy is very, very convoluted and makes zero sense. Have you um, seen the last movie they did? Like the mm -hmm. okay, because I was going to discuss something. I didn't want to like spoil anything. Um, Disney has disassociated itself with the comic book since then, and they turned around and said it was not canon; it's a legend. But it was made during Disney's time owning the company. But anyway, uh, they released a comic book not long before the last movie that had Palpatine in it. Right. And it's a prequel. Um, at the very end of the comic book, it's him with his hand over um, Anakin's mom's stomach. And he says, unnatural, meaning he impregnated her 
uh, by manipulating metachlorians, meaning he is Anakin's dad. Meaning that kiss between Rey and fucking Kylo is another incest scene. Uh, <laughs> I love you, sister cousin. <laughs> you know all about that. You're in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Look, like I said, I'm a bad Southerner. I'll be honest. I fucking hate it here. Um, but it's some of the stereotypes are deserved. Some of them are deserved. <laughs> We're um, I'm going to start it? some controversy right now. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. I hate the song Sweet Home Alabama. Fuck that song. What is, that so, song. what is so sweet about it? <laughs> <laughs> First off, we're in the middle of the summer. The skies aren't so blue. It started raining four months ago, and I hadn't fucking stopped. It's hot as fucking balls down here. Fucking hate it. Um, there's almost no rock stations. It's nothing but country stations. Yee's everywhere. Jesus Christ, get me out of here. I just so want to play rock music, man. So they never play Sweet Home Alabama in Alabama? Oh, no. I, I, oh, no. Oh, wow. I grew up. I literally grew up in Muscle Shoals, the city that is named in that song. I was beat over the head with that song. That's the only non-country song they play. Is that your guys' anthem? National, like your state anthem? State song? Probably, yes. <laughs> Sweet home. Like, be- and also, uh, as, as you, if you're a college football fan, two of the best college football teams in the country happen to reside here, Auburn and Alabama. And we have, apparently citizens of Alabama have made their own version of this song when it comes to when it's played at college football games mm-hmm. where it's um, instead of where the skies are so blue it's like sweet home Alabama roll tide roll and a war damn eagle to you like mm-hmm. they literally changed it for college football and please help me <laughs> get me out of here can I rant about West Virginia so you don't feel left alone? Because I, I lived near West I was gonna Virginia. Say, I've heard just as many things about the Virginias. Uh, West Virginia, their big song is John Denver's song. Country roads yeah. take me home to the place where I belong, West Virginia. That song's not even about the state. It's about a fucking, I think, lake or a road where John Denver lived called West Virginia. That song isn't even about the fucking state that they play it about. Here's what's bad, too, is I had never heard that song until, you know, the Kingsman movies? Yeah. The second Kingsman movie where, like, literally one of the best characters, like, decides he's going to, like, off himself. And he's singing John, John, the fucking words are hard, man. John Denver. And that's the first time I ever heard that song. Dude did a good rendition of it too, but that was the first time I'd ever heard that song, and now I can't escape it. I respect the fuck out of John Denver though, because in the I think late ninety, early nineties, it had to have been early nineties or late eighties, um, him, Frank Zappa, and D. Snyder went to the Senate to fight against censorship of music. Yeah, the um, the NPRC, I think was the name. Yeah, of it. the NPR, the nineteen eighty four, and like Dean Snyder was just like, oh, by the way, I'm fluent in English and I know the law, so here you go. <laughs> And he was dressed up like he did in Twisted yeah, Sister. Yeah, he was just like in fucking jeans and a, a denim vest. It was like, it was just Makeup. like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> My favorite part of that entire like trial was when D. Snyder was sitting there and he's like um, talking about his song Under the Blade. That was under a lot of scrutiny at the time. And, and it was about like, like his bandmate's throat surgery. 
Yeah, he's like, my bandmate underwent a throat surgery, and that's what the song's about. And uh, Al Gore was like, he was a senator at the time. He's like, but my wife heard it, and she heard a BDSM lyrics. And he's like, you know what? Music is suggestive, and if your wife heard bondage, she's going. If she's looking for bondage, she's going to find it. If you find throat surgery, you're going to find it. It's not my fault. Your wife's a pervert. <laughs> that's what also, he said. Uh, yeah, and and that's entirely true because music <laughs> is subjective. Like our intention behind lyrics. Could be either someone could interpret them spot on how we intended them, or they can be interpreted other ways. Sometimes, even though I was a part of the process of writing lyrics, sometimes after the fact, I'll listen to the song. And even though I know what the original intention of the song was, sometimes, depending on my mood, I'll take something else from my own fucking song. Yeah, something that relates to you, because if everybody interpreted it the way you guys intended, then nobody would relate to the fucking lyrics because it's your own personal experiences. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like uh, our latest single solid ground, you can interpret it two or three different ways. Like we know what the original intention was, but you could take something completely different of it. And you know, as long as there's a positive in that, like I don't care how you take it. Right. Like it's, it's just funny how people like back then and even now want to like censor music and shit. And my thing is, the same argument D Snyder had, and I love D um, because he has balls. Yes. Um, he said in the courtroom, he's like, why would you put a censorship logo on my albums when I am required by law to put the lyrics on the inner sleeve? Yeah. <laughs> like parents can read the lyrics, see that it's not for them and go on. And then the courtroom was like, well, you call your fans uh, SMF. What does that mean? And in court, I under, remember this. <laughs> under law, he had to answer them. So he's like, oh, it means sick motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, is that really Christian-like? He's like, where at in the Bible does it say you can't say fuck? <laughs> and also, we're a very diverse country, and there's a whole bunch of different religions and right? stuff represented here. Like, you can't put everything under one blanket because are, then you kind of get into some dangerous territory we are separation of church and state and people do not realize that uh, you, look i live in alabama you're preaching to the choir i know you you're <laughs> like the buckle of the bible belt <laughs> look i we are the like i uh, i don't want to get into it but by my attitude you can tell i'm a little different yeah. than the norm here I'm I'm different. Like I'm not saying I don't believe in any religions or whatever, but religion is like a dick. If you force it down somebody's throat, they're not going to end up liking it. No. So, <laughs> so like, Unless you're Tipper Gore, and apparently you're into that shit. Oh, yeah, because you listen to Under the Blade. Uh, another thing that was in question, and I don't know if you knew this or not, but the first album ever to have a censorship logo, the parental advisory sticker, do you know what album it was and what artist? This is going to blow your mind. Um, so because you say it's going to blow my mind, it's probably not within the rock and metal genre. Um, it's kind of rock. It's more jazz. Jazz from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Think of an artist that fought the NPRC. I'm going to make it easy for you. There's three of them. Well, then Frank Zappa, I would guess. It was Frank Zappa. It was his album Jazz from Hell that was all instrumental. <laughs> Wait, how, was it because the word hell was in the 
title? I, I don't know, but he had a parental advisory sticker for explicit lyrics. <laughs> but there was no lyrics. <laughs> That's like Buckethead getting a censorship logo. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> He's, are you fighting a cat? Is that what's yeah, going on? My, yeah, my, my dogs are getting a little rowdy. <laughs> Oh, it's okay. If you have to cut this short, you can. If you oh, want. no, 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 no. I'm yeah. all good. I was just like, hey, shut so, up. We'll, we'll play later. <laughs> the, the South, I'm, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but fuck it. The South is the reason why we're not getting any uh, progressive change in this country. Like, <laughs> that's. <laughs> so, look, and, and <laughs> I, look, I, I was born and raised here in the South, and there are certain things about it, about it that I like. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the sweet food. tea is amazing. The food is amazing. Um, the people are genuinely nice people. Um, Unless you're certain races sometimes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Or you don't happen to follow a certain deity or any at all. And um, you know what's weird? Look, that, and, and, I, yeah, I'm just going to agree with you here. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to come out smelling like a rose with this statement, but no, yeah, it, we're, we're, we're kind of a problem. <laughs> like I, I honestly have said for years, and I get hate for this all the time, that if we're gonna have like one part of the country have significantly different views than the other, we might as well break in half and have two different countries. Like, like, uh, man, if I absolutely hope it doesn't happen. I, I really hope it doesn't happen. But with everything being as volatile as it is now, where it's literally just my team versus your team. Yeah. There's no togetherness. Together and nobody wants to have a dialogue and have some sort of understanding. Because I think if you find, because here's the thing, there are members of my band that I have completely different opinions from. And those are my fucking brothers. I will take a bullet for them and they will do the same for me. But by society's current standards, we're supposed to hate each other. Yeah. But the thing is, again, those are my brothers. And we have dialogue. We talk about things and we treat each other with respect. And we un- and with doing that, we're able to understand where the other person is coming from. Because nine times out of ten, your views of how you see the world and this and that come from your own personal experiences and what, what you've seen and heard. And how you were and, raised. And, when, and how you were raised. And... And like I said, I had a very confused childhood because my dad is a good old boy from down here in the South, and my mom was a military brat English professor. So I had kind of both sides of the fence, like, at the same time. Um, But they raised me to think for myself and form my own opinions. I didn't have a monkey see, monkey do childhood something would happen and they would ask me what I thought about it. I was allowed to formulate my own opinions. I was never uh, forced to think or feel something. Um, Some people are, and that's not their fault. That's just how they were raised, you know? And, but if people would just be able to, instead of yelling at each other from across computer screens, be able to sit down, have a dialogue, and attempt to understand where the other people is coming from and why they think and feel that way. If there could be an understanding, then even if somebody has completely wildly different views than you, you can still call them friend and brother like I do with some members of my family. My one thing that I've ran into is like I'm tired of debating people because like 
I'm not being disrespectful. I'm not meaning to anyway. But like, if I see something as false online, I will supply facts and be like, hey, this isn't right. And then I'd attack personally. Like, oh, you're just a liberal asshole, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to show you like what you're saying is wrong so you know the facts. But like... <laughs> the thing is, is like, if the, the internet is dangerous because you can literally find any article that will co corroborate with what you think or feel regardless of if it's wrong or not like if if you and think it's or not feel a reliable something, you, source either yeah most of the time it's not a reliable source and the thing in the you know fox Keep news on. is obviously very much on the conservative side msnbc is very much obviously on the liberal side so i mean like you can find news sources that align exactly with what you already think and feel mm -hmm. or you can do your own independent research of multiple different sources and try to make a decision for your own and kind of widen your, your worldview a little bit. Um, I, it, it's, it's dangerous in America right now because okay? uh, down here in the South, it seems like it's almost as if there's not a world outside of America's borders. Right. I remember when COVID first started I would like. I used to run and manage a kickboxing gym, and I would have members come inside and be like, "Oh, it's just a hoax anyway. The it's it's a you know it's a it's a liberal hoax to to." to Do you know why they were saying that? Probably something about the election, but because Donald Trump came on the air one time. But my argument for that is this: is it was in other countries, and other countries were getting fucked by COVID before it yeah. ever became a thing here. So I'm like, so are you telling me these other countries and world governments were in on the fucking joke? Like, how fucking stupid are you? Now, I'm all for a good conspiracy, but not one that coincides with reality, if that makes any sense. Like, I'm, I'll listen to people all day say that they think China created this virus to depopulate their country, because China's done that shit before. But to say yeah. a virus entirely is a hoax is complete bullshit. Yeah. It, it, it is, yeah, but it's just like you literally look at. At one point in time, Italy was basically Chernobyl, with yeah. the leader of the country in tears at a press conference because he didn't know how to save his people. Yeah, and you're telling me he was in on the joke? The fuck are you talking about? Right. But and that that's just. Like, I don't really want to shit on where I'm from because that's probably not going to do me any favors. But, and it's just. <laughs> you're allowed, you're allowed to. The thing is, a lot of people don't realize in this country and people are like, don't like it, move. No, that shouldn't be the mindset you have. The United States and all the states were founded based on let's progressively change things. Let's find a way to make shit better. Not everything is perfect. We can adopt things from other countries. We can evolve. This whole mindset of you can't change the Constitution. We have three times since we became a country. We've, yeah. dec we've decriminalized slave. We made it illegal. We made slavery illegal. Took fucking years, but we made slavery illegal. Um, we also, women can vote. Um, we like shit that we couldn't do before we've changed. It can be changed. Yeah, Alcohol be used changed. to be illegal. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, I, I remember the whole like America, love it or leave it crowd. Or if you don't like it, leave. And I'm like, no, like the thing is, is like 
we love it so much we want to make it better right you know and the love and, it or leave it crowd say that shit whenever they're mad they really get pissed off they're, they're, they're kind of mad right now but whenever they bitch about the current president just be like love it or leave it <laughs> well, that's the thing and i think as people on both sides of the aisle tend to have short-term memory of their own shortcomings yeah um because i remember like I remember seeing on social media when like everybody was, you know, when someone would attack Donald Trump, it would be like, I don't remember anybody attacking Barack Obama like this. And I'm like, literally, like, this was when Donald Trump first was elected. And I'm like, literally at Obama's inauguration, there were imagery of hangings and lynching. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And people, the KKK was at his fucking inauguration. So, I mean, there's short term memory, but I also like it. it it happens on the left side too. Like they're yeah. they can be just as bad, and they're a little I'm bit neither. Yeah, I'm neither either. I think they both suck. I think parties are systematically the the fact we only have two viable parties is systematically the main problem this country has because my it's team. literally my team versus your team. Where every four team. years we we have another civil war essentially, mm-hmm. and it's. And this my team versus your team mentality instead of we're on the same fucking team. Because the problem is this, is it seems like a major fucking tragedy has to happen for us to get the fuck along. And what people don't realize is, is our government has and will lie to us about everything. So why can't everything. people... Why can't people question it? That's like the whole cannabis issue. I argue with people all the time and they're still using null and void facts that, facts that the government told us in the 40s. <laughs> yeah, like, there's no reason like it's just a plant it just grows like that what do you think was in the peace pipes the indians smoked all the time like that they're... was that was pe- peyote and weed <laughs> well i mean you know tomato tomato but the, the thing is this too is here's my argument for it is well a it's got some form of legalization in three quarters of the country now it's fully legalized in about half the country now and you know alabama is one of only like 10 states maybe that doesn't have some form of legalization it's not even decriminalized there yet no you you get caught you get caught with weed here you're going to jail um alabama sounds like i'm gonna go there and i'm gonna still hear slaves singing well (laughs) no you, you you know you won't but it, Backward it, country, it's maybe. it's a, in my opinion for some of the Alabamians that'll probably watch this and try to come to my house with torches and pitforks in my opinion we are a little backwards in our way of thinking yeah I don't think uh 40 to 70 year old white men have the authority to tell a woman what they can do with their own body right um that's stupid to me and again we mentioned separation of church and state you can't tell me there's not a religious reason for them doing that same and also there a lot of people in alabama are still against gay marriage and there's not anything other than a religious reason to oppose that not at all it's not at all and that upsets me like my wife and i were married by a gay man he used to be a student of mine yeah and it was that was kind of a little bit of a fuck you to some of my family but 
Fuck um, them. <laughs> my, because like I, I, I lean more left, obviously, as you can probably tell. But mm-hmm. yo, know, I do have some conservative views, but not many. Basically, I'm at. I want, and I've seen this meme before, and it perfectly encapsulates it. Is I want my gay friends to protect their pot plants with their AKs. Yes. Well, the thing like, is, a lot of people don't realize is people think liberal means Democrat, conservative means Republican. It does not actually. There are very liberal leaning conservatives. There's very, I mean, very liberal leaning Republicans. Sorry, and very conservative leaning Democrats. Liberal literally means you want progressive change. You are yeah. open for change. Conservative means you're stuck in traditional values. That's literally what those two terms mean. There's no bad in being conservative about something. There's no bad in being liberal about something. It's literally, that's what that shit means. And people yeah, use them as, people use it as insults. And I'm like, if I want progressive change, then cool. That's not an insult. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's as I see some of the plot holes in the story. Yeah. And I would like them filled. Like healthcare. But <laughs> God, yeah. Look, I'm walking around on a torn LCL in my left knee right now. God, if, that's I like was, if I was living in basically any other developed country in the world right now, the day after I could have got surgery for free. Right now, there's a reason I've been walking on this torn LCL for almost a year is because I don't want to have to, like, it would literally cost me an arm and a leg and I'd be in debt for 20 years paying it off right now. What, what's really crazy is, is a lot of people use Canada as an argument. They're like, well, you'll be waiting months because of Canada. Now, Canada's issue right now is uh, healthcare is free, but tuition is not for college. So they're not spitting out enough doctors. Yeah. Denmark has both. And you can go to a doctor's office like our doctor's offices kind of you go in and you go see a doctor without without like setting up an appointment sometimes you can just go it's like it's like you know um uh those quick type doctor things where you just go in and you yeah. like wait well you can do that you go in and they'll be like oh you have a torn acl blah 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 we'll schedule your surgery for an hour and you go in have your surgery the same, the same day same day leave recover and you don't get a bill yeah and the and the thing is, is people are like, what about who's paying for it? Our fucking taxes, because the fact is our taxes go towards billionaires and millionaires and corporations. When if their companies fail, let them fail. Use yeah. the money towards us. Yeah. Fuck the, fuck the bailouts. But that's the thing is like it. The only reason I don't think we have universal health care is greed. It's 100 percent greed from the pharmaceutical companies and, and the big box corporations. Because if 99 other developed countries can figure this out and put their people instead of their greed first, why the fuck can't we? It's not just that, though. The corporations and our government has people so brainwashed that people still think, why should my taxes pay for somebody else? But then, see, that's the thing is like. That's like I work for I worked for a company many years ago. Sorry to interrupt, bro. No, you're good. Many years ago, I worked for a company. And they threatened to fire me because me and another coworker was talking about our wages that we made. And somebody had just started making more than us and they had less experience and all that fun shit. Well, this company threatened to fire us for discussing our wages. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You want to make it look like we did wrong because you're screwing us. Yeah, that's what well, that's why they don't want employees to talk about their wages is so they know they they can hide who's getting fucked and who's not. Yeah. Um, 
that in and of itself is fucked up. Like, and we accept H- it. And if you work in HR and you're okay with that, you're part of the fucking problem. Yeah. I was like, I just got, I used to run and manage a kickboxing gym. I would talk to, I was very upfront and honest with my employees, what I made. And I, and then I knew exactly what they made because I used yeah. to make what they made. I had to work my way up and I would, I would go to bat for them. If they like kicked ass and did their job, I would immediately go to bat for them and be like, look, they need a pay raise. Like do it. Like they're doing, they're doing great. But so, but I was always upfront and honest with with them because it's just like it it doesn't make sense to to hide that. Like we're the only country that actually like says that that's all right. We're the only yeah. country. <laughs> like in UK, if I'm not mistaken, I can ask Naomi this. In the UK, they don't say that you can hide your wages and you should hide your wages and shit. I could be wrong. I know she said she don't want to be on, but could you correct me? Um, about wages. Yeah, in the UK, is it frowned upon to discuss your wages, or do you guys just not give a fuck and you just talk about um, it? On the whole, I think um, not really to discuss wages, but there's some people that do, obviously. Yeah. Okay, so it's not it's a universal thing. Okay, I'll get I'll get you yeah. off the screen now. Um, she don't she didn't want to be on the screen today, but I had to kind of like sum it up, but. Uh, if you came on here to talk about music, is there anything you wanted to talk about? Because yeah, we're on the actually, Honestly, this is I've, I've loved these discussions because it, it's cool to be able to see yeah. the artist not in promotional mode and get to actually just have a conversation. That's why I made this podcast because I and I, I honestly I love that I love that because <laughs> like a lot of the fans don't get to see this side. You know, some fans are probably not going to agree with my opinion. Um, that's fine, and that's that's perfectly fine. I know there's more that will agree with my opinion. So, yeah, um, yeah, we have a new single. It's really awesome. <laughs> I heard it. It's actually really good. Like you... I appreciate that. Um, what what was the name of it? I forgot. I was I was just reading that comment. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, um, so the name of the single is Solid Ground. It's doing fantastic at radio right now. I believe it's number twenty eight on the rock billboard indicator charts at the moment, um, which that in itself is really surreal for us. Um, seeing our name next to all these other amazing bands that we look up to or have even had the pleasure of sharing the stage with. Um, the video is doing amazing. and uh, It's it, it's doing fantastic. And we're getting another radio p- report tomorrow afternoon. So maybe it'll be higher on the charts, who knows, um, if we're fortunate enough for, for that um and man is doing fantastic we um already are working on follow-up music and we uh i actually i'm sorry i'm dying laughing oh, at, the na- at the name with the picture <laughs> wow that's fantastic hot take science is all about questioning things and what has been told if they tell you do not question what has been told. That is not a science you listen to. That is correct. That's exactly. That's another thing that drove me crazy down here. Is that was Doug Demadale of the Doug Demadale. The Doug Demadale don't man. But what drove me crazy is all the time because like 
COVID was a very new entity and we had no idea exactly what we were dealing with. So the recommendations from the scientists and the CDC would change periodically. Like science does. Like science does. And I, we would, I would hear all the time, well, the scientists don't even know what they're talking about. They can't figure this out. Why should we listen to them? I'm like, did you not pay attention in science class? Do you not know, like... It's trial and error. This is literally the scientific method in practice, in motion. Did you not pay attention to first grade science class? We, like, this literally, the, the scientific method is fuck around and find out. That's what we were doing. <laughs> that's like, how I that's live my life. Works. That's how I live my life. Fuck around and find out. <laughs> that's pretty much what I do too. Usually, like whenever I make a before I make a decision, my last words beforehand is like, "Yeah, fuck it," and then let's see what happens. That but, worked. You, you're in an amazing band, so keep doing that. Um, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's kind of how I joined the band. Was I was like, "All right, fuck it," because let's see. I, I was in a like I said, I was in a different band before, and uh, Frank, our lead guitarist. Uh, happened to know the lead singer of that band I was in and showed up at one of our rehearsals and saw me and love the hate still was looking for a bass player at the time and was like basically kind of Cliff Burton me and just like, hey, come here. And I wanted to recruit him into my band. So like we were like dancing around each other for like a month until finally Frank just took me out to breakfast one day and was like, look, here's the goal here's here's the idea here's the structure you want to do this and at that point i was just like all right fuck it and now six years later i'm still here robert Rowe just has a great idea um love the hate needs a new single called fuck around and find out maybe for the parody band <laughs> maybe for the parody band just fuck around and find out but we actually we um just yesterday i finished tracking bass for two new songs Already. Oh, are you guys working on an album then? This sounds like a so we're working on, on an EP right now because like I I'm old school. I would prefer a full length album, but the way the industry is now is the average consumer has the attention span of a gerbil. So the plan is to release an EP, mm -hmm. release another EP, and after that, a full length record of completely new material that weren't on either EP. That's the old-fashioned way of doing it. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's kind of come full circle a little bit like that. I mean, we were writing, we basically already have the music for both EPs right now because we were writing a full-length like, full record. And we, you know, management came with a suggestion of doing the EP route. So basically then it became sifting through because we had like 15 songs we had written during the pandemic because that's all we could do. And that's all most musicians do. That's why you have like all this badass music coming out in the last six months. Mm -hmm. And um, we, uh, so we had like 13, 14, 15 songs basically written. So now we were like sifting through, okay, what can be a single, what can go straight to radio and this and that. And now we're having the problem of, okay, so which ones do we record for the first EP? Which ones do we record for the second EP? Because it's kind of like picking from your favorite child. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of impossible. But, and then one of the ones that I just tracked bass for yesterday was completely new. Like it was written like two months ago, just because like you never stop writing. And that one became a, an instant favorite. Um, but you'll be hearing new music from us uh, before the end of the year, 
Um, well, I'll have to bring you guys back then, and we can talk about yes. that. <laughs> Honestly, I've had a lot of fun. This is this is great. Um, That's why I love doing this podcast, because like a lot of musicians are used to like the questions promotional and then you're gone i want to explore your fucking mind i want to yes these are some of those questions can get a little tedious and a little boring you know you're answering the same questions over and over again this i love this like having an actual conversation instead of answering the same stuff over and over again and you will get those questions on this podcast sometimes but but i mean the the being able to just have an actual like intellectual dialogue mm-hmm. is awesome. Th- these are the things I love. Like I love being able to just talk to people and have a conversation. Yeah. And the thing is though, with the bigger name musicians, I usually don't blame the podcast for asking those copy and paste questions because bigger name musicians will send in what questions they want you to ask. I don't care, man. You can ask me anything. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I can't guarantee you the type of answer you'll get, but you can ask me whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but like i've heard that though people like especially on talk shows a musician will do like five talk shows in like a two-week period and it's all the same questions because that artist sends in the questions they want asked not the host and i'm like See, That's- i don't like that because I, I i think it needs to be more organic because then you're more honest yeah and if you're you know if you're just giving out factory produced you know Shit. Shit, like that's that's fake to me. Like I, because like I've been offered before from other things. Like we can give you a question list that we're probably going to ask. I'm like, I don't want to see it. I want my answers to be real and organic and to have a conversation. Here, here's my secret, and this is for anybody listening. Here's the secret to this podcast. I don't plan. I I, I looked at your biography literally about ten minutes before going live, and I'm like, I'll wing it. Like I just wing the show because if you plan to, if I plan too far ahead, it works for some shows, but if I plan too far ahead or have the questions and shit, I feel that like it no- normally doesn't go according to plan anyway, because the right. conversation will go this way and I have no way of veering it back to the question that I wanted because <laughs> like, it could go anywhere. And by the way, the Joker behind you looks like William Defoe, and it's freaking me out. I know, I know. <laughs> That's why I bought it because it looked like the William Defoe one picture. <laughs> what is that? A cat with him? That is a cat. Okay, I was. Con- was it Death in the Family where he cut his face off? Was it? Was it that? the graphic novel had him? I think he cut I his think face. So. Off. Yeah, I was, think so. Yeah. Was that in the movie? I don't remember that. I don't. I don't remember that one being in the movie. It should have. That would be. Could you imagine a live action death in the family? Oh, <laughs> oh. it's got to happen now. Yeah, and you have to bring back uh, what's his name, the guy that was you in the Joker him. film, um, Jake uh, Phoenix, Phoenix. Yeah, have him. But, play. And also because that was an older Batman, you either it needs to be Ben Affleck or bring back Michael Keaton. For that yes yes because that was an older batman because jason todd was the second robin i believe yes. so this is a little bit older batman it was before tim drake but like 50, after dick grayson it was like 50 year old batman or so because i re- i know batman beyond takes place 20 years after the events of death in the family i think and batman was like 70 yes so that was an underrated series too i really I fucking loved it, it. 
I really enjoyed that series, and the the movie that came with it was fantastic as well. Yeah, I want a and live action. I I honestly do too. I don't have any idea who would play Terry McGinnis, but I would love to see that. If he was still young, I would have the kid that played in Kick Ass. But oh, yeah. he's not that age anymore. No, so it wouldn't work. Yeah, because you got it. No, that wouldn't work. He's too Michael Sarah. Like, he he always looks seventeen. Well, yeah. Or another... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this would work. I don't know how this would work, but because and I know he's in the Marvel universe, but he's such a baby face. Tom Holland. Yes, Tom Holland. But you know who should play old Batman? Kevin Conroy himself. No, he did it in the Batgirl series. There was one episode or one or two episodes where he himself kevin conroy himself played batman you you could either bring in michael keaton or since he's not old enough this might be too old but the voice would be perfect clint eastwood oh my god that would be perfect <laughs> that would be fucking perfect i'm excited have him somebody like, throw some money at clint eastwood have him come out with a cane and be like Hey kid. <laughs> like, like he literally would just have to play his character from Grand Torino and that he's set. He's good. He's Batman. He's Batman. <laughs> God, that would be fantastic. Right. Uh, why, be- why don't you work in Hollywood, man? You need to be a casting director. This is fantastic. I want to see these movies. <laughs> well, you know, I got another idea for a movie. I'm in. <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory starring okay. Danny DeVito and that's it. It's <laughs> a one-man play, and it's Danny DeVito. <laughs> I would probably watch that, or just have him play all the Oompa Loompas. I was gonna say that. That's almost mean. <laughs> have him play all the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> That'd be fucking you hilarious. Go well with that, man. Can we mention how shitty it was that that his fucking uncle pretended that he couldn't walk? for like 30 years and then the, he wouldn't work and shit. And then they get the golden ticket. He's up and dancing around yeah, and shit. He's like, Oh, I'm cured. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? That went right over my head when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> he was on his fucking deathbed two minutes ago. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> the power of chocolate, man. <laughs> the power of chocolate. If you were to cast a new Willy Wonka, who would you have play Willy Wonka? Uh, and would you go dark like the like Johnny Depp, or would you go original? There's a little something magical about the original and the Oscar Wilde one. I liked the original, but I heard somewhere I never read it yet. I never. It was Grandpa Joe. Sorry, it wasn't his uncle. Um, but I read somewhere, heard somewhere that the Johnny Depp version was more to the book. I, I heard that too. And also, um, the new, and this is a completely different change of subject, but I just thought of it. Robert Downey Jr., him being Dr. Doolittle, that sticks to the original movie. There was a, there was a lot of hate when they released Dr. Doolittle originally in the ni- late 90s, early 2000s, because it wasn't like the original. What and now people Robert Downey Jr. as Willy Wonka? That would be fucking killer. That or... A- I tell you who I'm excited about, and this casting got shit at first, but as soon as I heard it, I was like, "That's fucking perfect." Mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson as Carnage is gonna be amazing. That's going to be fucking incredible. It's going to, and like it was a lot of people were I saw on social media were giving it shit because like 
Woody Harrel. But I'm like, do you, do you realize how fucking good of an actor Woody Harrelson is? And he because is. like people only know him from like Cheers or like White Man Can't Jump or, but like he can play these badass unhinged characters extremely well. And as soon as I heard it was Woody Harrelson, I immediately could picture him as Cassidy. It was good in Zombieland. Yeah, but like Zombieland, he was like the chaotic good. He wasn't like the, I'm going to fuck you up and murder your entire family like he's going to be in this movie. Yeah. Like the the trailer for Venom 2 is sick. I watched it, but every time I hear a voice that's that deep and dark and shit, I just think of Batman from Dark Knight. Yes. Uh, Christian Christian Bale kind of ruined the the deep voice archetype. You know, where is he? Like, where is he hiding? But I get it though. I get it. You know, because Batman originally disguised his voice so you didn't know he's Bruce Wayne. He didn't just right. like kind of like Superman. They never did a real Superman movie. In, in the comic books, he would make his shirt real big, make himself look fat. Whenever he was working, like he would change yeah. his look. In the movies, he just wears fucking glasses. Yeah, he just takes off his glasses. I'll I'll go put my glasses on right now. I still look like me. I'm just wearing glasses. Oh my fucking god! (laughs) When is this movie gonna be coming out? So I want to see this now. It should. I don't. I don't want to see it at all. Tim Burton's directorial debut. Debut. Do you know what movie it was? That. No. Was it? Was it the '89 Batman movie? No. Nobody can guess this right. Unless they've heard me say this before. Okay, shoot. It wasn't 1989 Batman. It was 19... I think it came out in 86, maybe. It might have been around... It was in the 80s. His directorial debut was actually Pee-wee's Big Adventure. You know what? I actually had heard that before. (laughs) And that's fucking weird. And I just immediately let it... I just immediately just threw that from my mind. (laughs) But if you rewatch the movie, um, it makes sense. It was a really dark Pee-wee movie. Is Danny Elfman doing the score in that, too? I think. Because they're um, like atta- those two are attached at the hip. Was Johnny Depp in it fucking Tim Burton's wife? Yep, it's a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Johnny watch- Depp is like in literally every other Tim Burton movie. And he's fucking Tim Burton's wife in them. Because <laughs> Tim Burton's wife always plays his love interest. Yeah. I think they have like a three-way thing going on. I don't know. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> oh, if babies ever come out looking like Captain Jack Sparrow, you know. <laughs> did you know Captain Jack Sparrow was modeled after Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones? I did. I did because I watched the behind-the-scenes commentary <laughs> of the movies. But I don't know if they mentioned this in the movies, but did you also know that Johnny Depp wasn't originally cast as Captain Jack Sparrow? I didn't know that. Jim Carrey was. Oh my God, that would have been terrible, actually. <laughs> and and I love Jim Carrey, but that would have been terrible. I love Jim, but he was typecasted. Like, it sucks to say because number 23 came out. Incredible fucking movie. Yes, it's a very good psychological, fantastic. great psychological thriller, but it was a box office fail because Jim Carrey wasn't playing your traditional Jim Carrey role, which I think is fucked up because a lot of comedians become great serious roles because we're fucked up in the head. Yeah, like a lot, a lot of comedy comes from a dark place. So drama is sometimes comes naturally because a lot of the parts that they play in a drama is a little close to the vest. 
Speaking of mental health, I know I announced a lot of guests, but I really am excited for this one. We have Michelle, uh, I believe her name's pronounced Titian, of the Drive Foundation. It is a foundation founded to help spread awareness of mental health in the music industry um, and addiction. Um, you can visit uh, the Drive Foundation's website to find out more. She's going to be on the show. It's going to be an entire episode dedicated to mental health. And I'm excited for that. And I know you mentioned you have mental health problems too. So I figured you'd be interested in watching that episode. Yeah, Se absolutely. September 16th. Um, we actually had the other co-founder of the Drive Foundation on the podcast once before. Um, but unfortunately, he passed away um, at the beginning of the year. Was it the beginning of the year or the end of last year? I think it was the beginning of this year. I don't know. The, I forget the exact date. I think date. so. Steve Brown. Uh, I can't remember, man. Steve Brown was his name, and we were going to bring her on, and I'm glad she's coming on. It's a great way to uh, remember his memory and to spread mental health awareness because I'm a big mental health advocate. I've got my own problems. It was like hell to get my ass off doing this show regularly, and I've been trying to get into stand-up comedy. But Michelle's going to be on the show, and if you're not familiar with Steve Brown, who also helped find, found the organization, he was a legendary producer in Britain. He actually produced Wham's first album. Oh, wow. And he also went on to produce Freddie Mercury's last solo album that came out after he died. Oh, okay. He didn't work with alongside. He, I think he said he met Freddie, but I don't think he actually worked alongside with Freddie on this album. I think it was something that was just produced after he died with unreleased music. Yeah, I would be interested in, in seeing that, that show. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I definitely if you want to be a part it. of it. You can, we, because I, we, I might be able to, we actually, we, we have a show that day. So it depends on the time of day, but yeah, I, I definitely can be a broken person. I definitely have demons I deal with. I don't know many musicians that don't we all do <laughs> it's a it's a battle that i fight every day um and if i'm being honest music and martial arts are the only two constants i've ever had in my life outside of my wife and if it wasn't for the combination of those three things i probably would not be walking right now i'm the same way as you but with me i don't have a wife so i replaced wife with comedy um i <laughs> i think uh, that some people are married to it so I, I've been into stand-up comedy since I was like five and music came along. Like my obsession with music came along after um, I didn't become really obsessed with music. Like I had listened to a lot of music, but like I was more of a pop guy, a pop punk guy growing up. And then I heard black Sabbath's greatest hits. And when fucking war pigs hit, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then I heard of Alice Cooper and that's when it just, blew up for me so for me so <laughs> this is this is again i'm gonna start some controversy here rick astley got you started no <laughs> i'm gonna give you up no celine dion even though that that song is a meme that's actually a really great song if you analyze it that's actually a great song but you did a cover of that they didn't just do a cover Sorry to interrupt you, but I gotta I gotta say this real quick. You know the Westboro Baptist Church? Uh, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> they showed up at a Foo Fighters concert. 
course they did. And they're boycotting. And Dave Grohl and the band came out on the back of a truck singing, never going to give you up, never going to let you down, <laughs> never going to run around. And, and they sung the whole song so that the Westboro couldn't bother their, their ticket buyers. So they was like blocking the view between Westboro and their fans while singing, never going to give you up. And they had signs of their own that was mimicking them. Nice. Now, we've never, there was one time we encountered a religious protest at one of our shows. And, well, I won't say really one of our shows. It was a music festival, ironically, in West Virginia um, West called Virginia. Fear Fest in uh, Pipestein. And it was a 2019 and Mushroom Head was headlining the bill that night. Nice. And uh, we were like a middle slot in the festival. And all of a sudden, like, it wasn't during our set. It was actually right after our set. Just this whole, oh, thank you so much for that comment. Thank you. I appreciate that. But there was just like this whole group of just religious protests with signs and stuff that were like just causing a ruckus. But like everybody just ignored them and the festival just kept going on. And then eventually they left because they realized no one was listening to them. That's the, our one experience with that thus far. I have a buddy who um, you might have heard of him. You might not have. His name's Rob Patillo. He's from California. He is friends with a politician who's been running for president for the last 30 years. His name is Vermin Supreme. Um, he's popular for wearing a rubber boot on his head and he wants free ponies for all and all this crazy shit. It's funny. But this goes back to Rob. My buddy Rob will go to like protests and shit and will sing songs and hold up his own signs because he doesn't believe what they believe in. So he'll hold his own signs. Like he was at an anti-abortion rally holding up a sign, bring back the McRib. <laughs> and then on another one, he was singing a song that he wrote called Boy Cow. And the lyrics are, he's a boy cow, don't you see? He has milk for you and me. Milk him hard, milk him slow. Well, one of the National Guard members was there and was like, what's that song about? He's like, sometimes you need a good jerking off. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but back to what you were saying before we change the subject, what band got you into this? So I got my first introduction into like rock, I guess, was Linkin Park's debut record, Hybrid Theory. Oh, that's for a lot of people, bro. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was 10 years old when that record came out, so that was kind of like a little bit of an, of an awakening. I, when I first started actually like paying attention to music was actually Michael Jackson's Beat It. Fucking love Michael. And, uh, oh yeah, I, def, I have like two or three versions of the greatest hits in my in my car somewhere. But and He didn't do it, by the way. But when I uh, first heard that song, and it was the first time that I started really listening to music and, and how it's created and the structure and, and the, instead of just it being in the background. And that, that's mainly Eddie Van Halen's fault. Because mm -hmm. um, his guitar solo, it was the first time I'd ever heard a sound like that. I was, very, I was like five, four or five when I first heard that song. It was the first time I ever heard a sound like that. Was what was like, the first song? Oh. Do you remember? Of the the Thriller record? No, the first Van Halen song you heard that really got you into it. Well, it was the song Beat It with Eddie Van Halen on. Oh, okay. I thought you said a different subject that you was on Van Halen. Now, did you hear the, the remake with Slash? I did. Thoughts? 
I mean, it's all right. As not Van Halen. The, the, it's not Van Halen, but I mean, it's all right. I mean, it's still Slash, it's, yeah. but it's all right. But what? So that's when I first like the Lincoln Park is when it first like really got me into like rock. I didn't get into metal until about three years later. And in two, and this is where I'm gonna get some hate. In 2003, a record came out by a little-known underground band named Metallica. Yeah. Called Saint Anger. Yes. And I fucking love that record. Thank you. I love it. And here's why. Let me defend How myself. How come I have two of the only people on the planet that love that fucking album? Let me defend myself. Let me defend myself. Nostalgia. Not even that. It's... That was the first thing from Metallica I had ever heard in my life. Yeah. I had no preconceived notions of what they were supposed to sound like. For all I knew, that was their first record. I loved it. I, it was amazing to me as a 13-year-old kid. And it was heavy. If you really think about it, that some of the heaviest work that James has done lyrically or guitar-wise was on that record. You know, in hindsight, now that I know a little bit more, was it mixed like shit? Yes. Should Lars have turned his snare on? Yes. Other than that, I thought it was a flawless record. Was Lars but, trying to be a black metal bit drummer? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, like, even strong. now, when they play a St. Anger song live, like, yeah. you watch a live video of a St. Anger song, Lars has a snare on and Kurt throws a, a solo fill in there. Sounds fucking so fantastic. Better. They need, they need to re-release the album better mixed and just redone. I, absolutely. I would love that. But that <laughs> me hearing that record and I always had like a real thirst for knowledge. Like when something interests me and with my ADHD brain, I want to literally learn everything I can about that thing that interests me in that moment immediately or I will fucking die. That's how my brain works. I'm like that, bro. It must so, be our ADD. I immediately started researching Metallica and I was just like, oh shit, there's like seven, eight records before this. And so like, I just went, immediately went to Walmart because Walmart was still selling CDs at the time. And it was like, I picked up Kill Em All, Ride the Lightning, Master, Justice for All, The Black Album. I literally, I, at one point in time in my life, I've literally owned every Metallica record and just did a deep dive and was just I immediately fell in love. And then again, that thirst for knowledge was like, oh man, there used to be this guy in, in Metallica named Dave Mustaine. He has his own band, Megadeth. Oh shit, fuck, yes. And then deep That's dove into was. that and then got into the big four of thrash metal. And then outside of that with, you know, Kurt Hammett used to be in this band named Exodus. Oh shit, let me check that out. And then Testament and Armor of Saint and all that. And then there used to be a show on Saturday mornings on VH1 called Metal Mania. It was like a two hour video block of like 80s hair metal. And I watched that every Saturday. And then on Saturday nights on MTV at 8 o'clock, there used to be, you know, Headbangers Ball was still a show. That should come over back. God, yes. But that's where I discovered, you know, the big metal bands from the early 2000s. So that's where I found Killswitch, Trivium, Children of Bodom, In Flames, Armonar Marth, Hatebreed, all of that. And it just like exploded from that from there to this day ascendancy is from trivium is still like one of my comfort records that i go to when i can't think of anything to listen to i'll like i'll put that on and as soon as like from rain hits i'm just like oh instant good mood and um but they were the first real heavy band i heard 
Who was? Tri- Trivium was one of the first like heavier bands that I heard, and then I got into Lamb of God and shit. Yeah, yeah, I discovered Lamb of God through that show, and then there was a there was a documentary. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. It was a documentary called like a headbanger's journey or something like that. Oh yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the, the, uh, I, we, the Western Sultan headbanger's journey. They had like a bunch of musicians yes. on it. Yeah. And, um, um, it's with Sam, Sam Dunn. Sam, yeah. Um, Sam Dunn. That, the, that guy. Yeah. That guy. Headbanger, yeah. I know what you're on about. I and I, I saw that documentary. It was very powerful documentary. I think master of puppets, I think was actually the music for the, the credits. And like I saw that documentary, and that documentary itself introduced me because he, he touched on it, introduced me to Blackman, and so I started listening to Behemoth and Immortal and Emperor and and Gorgoroth because Gorgoroth creeped me the fuck out in that documentary, and I was like, these guys are creepy. I'm scared of them. I must listen to them. <laughs> Global Metal was good. Was a good documentary as well. Global Metal. I was like, he's Apple One, leading up to that one. Are you yes, into yes, 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 I remember that now. Are um, you into gory shit? Not, not especially if my wife is like she's a big horror horror fan and horror buff. Let's combine. Like, actually, she she introduced me to some of the other bands that I listened to. I found a unicorn. I found a hot goth chick that likes anime, metal, and comics. And I'm just like, yes, you're mine. Stay here. <laughs> Does she have a hot goth friend that I can? Uh... <laughs> no, unfortunately, she's like me. She was kind of a little bit of a. a, a She's a little different compared to the standards down here. So, so um, you you said you like black metal, and she likes gore. So let's combine the best of both worlds. You guys need to watch The Kings of Chaos. I've heard of this movie. I haven't seen it yet, though. It is fucked up. Um, it follows the band Mayhem. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. May- Mayhem is one of the ones I've, I've found from that documentary, too. And then in Jimmy Borgier and behemoth and yeah warning to those who, warning to those who are like let's watch kings of chaos there is a scene now i thought this was going to be at the end of the movie no it's like halfway through the movie if that death their lead singer kills himself by slitting both his wrists his throat and blowing his head off you see all of that okay they show it all like maybe 20 to 30 minutes into the film i'm like holy shit all right (laughs) and you know what's it's not fucked up that he killed himself in that way like it is but it's not as fucked up as what his suicide note said sorry for the mess oh my (laughs) there's a fucking soul to the end all right and the guitarist fucking put the note next to his dead body took a picture of it and used it as a live album art the picture and then he took pieces of his skull and made necklaces out of it Damn. That is black metal as fuck. That is black metal as fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, he got fired from the band and he ended up getting killed like a couple years later by the uh, rhythm guitarist, I think, of the band. Yes, yes, that band's fucked up. Like, you thought Ozzy Osbourne did weird shit on the road? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Man, luckily, thus far, nobody in love to hate wants to kill each other. Yeah, but... See on the news next week. See, see you next week, guys. But oh, duh. I tell you who my have you heard of a band called Orbit Culture? No, I have not. Please, for the love of God, check them out. They are, they are my current new obsession. Are you on Facebook or Instagram? Because I'll need you to send me this stuff. Because I'll forget. 
I am. I'm literally like the only Leon Kraft on Facebook. Apparently, I have a very unique name. Are uh, you related to Laura? No. And that's Croft with an O. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be an asshole sometimes. No. I, I do have an, a, a, an adopted sister named Laura. But <laughs> that's hilarious. But a uh, but Orbit Culture, weird-ass name, but they're my current obsession. What, sometimes I like, I get in a weird headspace and I get on Spotify and I kind of just go down the rabbit hole and I ended mm -hmm. up finding them. And they just had a, a record come out uh, in 2020 called Ninja. And they're, they're, this one of the few records that I've ever listened to that from start to finish, I was just grinning like a fucking idiot the whole time. Because it's cool. that good. The I'm whole sure. record, just I was just, the whole time I'm just like, like literally, you gotta ask my wife. The first, she was right there next to me when I was listening it through the first time. She's like, "What are you grinning about?" And I'm like, "This is so fucking good. You gotta hear it." And, but Orbit Culture, I would definitely send them to you. Okay. But they're my current obsession right now. I cannot stop listening to them. Do you like old school punk? Uh, some of it. It depends. I mean, like you know, you have the easy classics like you know the Clash and the misfits and sex pistols but i have a classic for you that you probably haven't heard of and grack knows where i'm going with this okay um we had a former producer her name's kathy grant as we mentioned earlier her husband ashley grant uh formed a band in the late 60s called the stereotypes they released one ep and then disappeared they broke up and then they dis they just quit that like 16 years old i think they were around this time well they found out 35 years later, their EP is the mo one of the most sought after and expensive punk EPs ever released. So oh, wow. they so they decided to get back together and start doing shows again. And 40 years later, they released their debut album. So they're <laughs> looking at the Guinness Book of World Records because they think they have the Guinness Book World Record of the longest amount of time between single and debut album with 40 Make years. Make that Chinese democracy. <laughs> they're the world's laziest band but their debut album is on spotify i would so the stereotypes i'll have to listen to that yeah they're like a uh like your typical like late 60s early 70s punk band it's really good it's catchy songs too very catchy songs like they're like I'd put them up there with like the Ramones or the Damned or bands like that. Like if they would have stayed together, they probably would have seen the same popularity too. Nice. Okay, cool. Like they're really good. And a lot of the music on that album was written when they were younger. There's a f several songs that weren't, but some of them were on their EP just redone songs. Like I hate work is a good song. The lyrics are, I hate work works a bitch. You wouldn't want to do it if you're rich. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, what do you what do you do outside of the band? Is the band your main income, or uh, I'm a martial arts instructor? I know you mentioned that earlier. I didn't know if you still was doing that, or um, I, I mainly do private lessons, and then I'll, I'll do seminars at schools every now and then. Um, what form of martial arts do you? So I. I've I've been doing martial arts since I was four years old, and I'm I'm 31 now. You do the math on that. Um, but I I'm a second degree in Taekwondo. I'm a second degree in Shotokan Karate. I um, studied Wing Chun for a couple of years. I actually used to fight uh, in MMA, 
Uh, I went seven and one as a professional and nothing major. I no UFC or Bellator one or anything like that. Um, I was actually the, uh, in 2018, I was the Alabama Taekwondo state champion for forms, weapons, sparring and combat sparring. Um, and, uh, I also, uh, practice Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and, uh, I'm actually going to be training later tonight. Um, so I'm kind of everywhere. I literally am MMA. Um, but I mainly focus on self-defense now. Uh, I'm not really into the competition part anymore, um, mainly because I'm, I'm too old and broken to be into the competition. Naomi uh, did Taekwondo. I actually have a brother who does Taekwondo, and actually he um, I'm very proud of him. He, uh, he has like some kind of disorder with his hands where his hands are all messed up. And he still is like a really good Taekwondo guy. Like he's learning very quickly. He's That's getting great. into it a lot. And he plans on opening up his own dojo, teaching kids with physical disabilities. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. Um, my my lucrative dream is I would like to actually have my own brick and mortar school mm-hmm. and be able to train somebody up to run it in management while we're on tour. And then when we're off tour, I'm back on the map. You know what I always wanted to learn? Like, I don't know any martial arts, but I've always been intrigued by Muay Thai. Muay Thai, if out of the striking martial arts, Muay Thai is probably my favorite one. Um, Isn't it also like really like if you get too far into Muay Thai, you literally can't fight at all? It's it's a little because dangerous. Because it's um, so dangerous. Because isn't the whole... It's point- very devastating. It's, it's, you know, if you just practice Muay Thai and you don't compete, you can do it for your whole life. Yeah. The, it, but the thing is in Thailand, like a lot of kids start fighting at like five years old, which is why they're broken shells of themselves in their thirties yeah. or twenties. You know, I retired from fighting because of injuries because I was a fucking idiot and I didn't listen to my body and would take fights on two weeks notice with broken bones. Um, so I actually, I retired from fighting at 24. I, I had a very short competitive MMA career um, and then went straight into teaching and just competing in traditional martial arts. But we could do a whole other episode on just martial arts. We absolutely could. Like, <laughs> like I said, music and martial arts have been the two main constants of my entire life. I could talk about I have about to bring you back if you're interested. Absolutely. Fun. This has been fantastic. <laughs> but with who's your favorite martial artist? like famous martial artists i mean uh, obviously when i was a child i was introduced to bruce lee and the power rangers because like i'm a kid of the 90s i was born in 1990 um so and i also had adhd so 92 so we were born around the same era so like yeah jason david frank tommy the green ranger was like my guy he was a badass, and he still. No, that's the thing. He's he's actually out of all of them. He's pretty much the only le- legit one. Like he owns schools. He's an eighth degree black belt in karate. He's a purple belt Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He's an undefeated MMA fighter. Like he literally can fuck you up. I know this uh, is controversial in the martial arts industry because some people feel strongly about him. Some just don't give a shit. But what's your thoughts on Steven Seagal? You well, think he's full? Of, you think he's full of shit? He's completely full of shit. Yeah, because he's completely he, full of shit. He had I, a show. He had a show one time. You you can finish. I just wanted to bring this up. He had a show recently where he trained cops how to fight. I remember that show. 
And it was here in Arizona, by the way. And every time they asked him a question, Tom Segura even mentioned this. Every time they asked him a question, he's like, oh, yeah, I've been doing this for 40 years. Oh, yeah, I've been doing this for 50 years. Oh, yeah, martial arts, I've been doing that for 70 years. Like, he always, like, outrageous amount of time that he's been doing everything that ever exists. <laughs> like, here's my thing on Steven Seagal is he probably is a tough guy and probably mm-hmm. does know how to fuck somebody up, especially in his younger years. But I... I have a little bit of an issue with Aikido, or at least the way that Aikido is practiced, because that's mm-hmm. his main form of martial art. Is if you watch a video of an Aikido demonstration, and a lot of Aikido is actually legit. Some of it actually shares concepts with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which yeah. is my favorite grappling part, the Gracie way, not the sport way. But if you watch Aikido demonstration videos, watch how the bad guys approach the good guy yeah they're literally just like running like a cartoon character like shaggies and scoobies and they're like this with like a karate chop just hand out like this who the fuck attacks anybody like that i actually this reminds me of i was watching joe rogan's podcast and he mentioned uh steven seagal with he was talking to like some martial arts guy and he's like oh yeah he's totally full shit because his martial arts form is literally to disarm somebody, not to hurt them or not to defend yourself. It's to disarm people. So yep. once he has them disarmed, he's pretty much like... Well, that's... Akita was created along with judo and Japanese jiu-jitsu. Was, Akita was created by the samurai to be able to disarm an opponent when they themselves lost their weapon. Yeah. That's what it was for. It's, not it's, like it's main... meant for disarming swords. That's what it was created for. And if you Taekwondo the... has the super high kicks because it was created for knocking somebody off of a horse. Like that's where like the origins come from. So there's a, a time and place. I'm like, even though I'm a second degree in Taekwondo, if I ever had to fight somebody, I never actually use outside of a snap, uh, a sidekick or like it's speed. I never actually use Taekwondo. My default striking style is Muay Thai. Yeah. Um, because like, I don't, I don't believe in a lot of like, I don't believe in a lot of Taekwondo. I think there are four very useful techniques from Taekwondo that translate very well if you incorporate it in the Muay Thai, which is the front kick, the side kick, the round kick, and the spinning wheel kick. They're very powerful kicks, and if you incorporate their speed with Muay Thai's power, because the Muay Thai kick and a Taekwondo kick are two different kind of kicks. Yeah. The technique is very different, and the point of contact is very different. Being proficient at both, I prefer the Muay Thai one because I would rather break a baseball bat than the top of my foot or the ball of my foot even. But The thing with Steven Seagal, though, back on that little subject is, is I've even heard interviews of people that know him. And one of them is like, hey, the guy's got to be 90 in the interview. And this was like few, 10 years ago. He was being interviewed and his, he, he's a guy that like sparred with Bruce Lee. He sparred with like all the greats. And this guy was asked about Steven Seagal because he sparred with Steven. And he's like, oh, yeah, guy's totally full shit. And like, why do you say that? He's like, I sparred with him and I made him shit himself. How tough can you be? That sounds <laughs> like, just from the phrasing, that sounds like Judo Gene LaBelle to me. I think it was. You um, <laughs> made him shit himself. But, yeah, like, but that's the thing. Like, I had ADHD at that age and I was introduced to Bruce Lee and Power Rangers. And I started just punching and kicking stuff around the house. And then my parents were like, okay, we got to get you into a martial arts school or something. And I've just never stopped, you know, I've but, you know 
movie martial artists, you know, obviously I love Jackie Chan, Donnie and Jet Li, you know, the big hitters. Mm-hmm. Tony Jaw, Michael Jai White is a freaking beast. I'm glad you said Tony Jaw. Not a lot of people mention him. Oh, I love, dude. As soon as I saw Ong Bak, I was like, this boy is my homie now. Like, wasn't it a big thing where people were claiming he wasn't a legit Muay Thai fighter, and then he retired to become a monk? Yeah. <laughs> and then he like came back a few years later, but like, no, Tony Jaw will fuck you up. Yeah. Um. There's a that lot. scene where he fights the, all the bodybuilders. That's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Greg, I don't know if you've seen this movie or not. Was that Ungback when he did that? Was that? Uh, that might have been the protector. But there, in this movie, this one guy. Now this guy's not that big of a built. He's like a shorter, like Asian guy. Well, he has all these big bodybuilder, like Brock Lesnar looking guys coming at him, like three of them. He breaks each of their arms, dislocates shoulders and shit. And like, they're all (laughs) fucking nasty. It's (laughs) fucking nasty. Uh, There's a lot of great movie martial artists that are actually legit martial artists that just got into film. And martial arts size doesn't matter. I would love to like, man, if this if this music thing doesn't work out, I would love to get the stunt work for martial arts films or choreography. I would love to do that. I would love to do a, a music. I love to hate music video where it's just like one big fight scene that I get to choreograph. <laughs> no, I got an idea for you guys. What's cover, that? cover Kung Fu fighting. Oh God. Yeah. That's the only way you can put that in a music video. <laughs> Maybe. Everybody- but I mean, gonna, I, I, I studied Wayne Chun for a couple of years. I mean, that is a form of Kung Fu, so maybe I can do that. But. The master of Kung Fu, and, like, I'm not into a whole lot of martial arts, like, professionally or anything, so my opinion doesn't really matter. But in my opinion, the king of Kung Fu is Jackie Chan. He will always be, because he knows every single form. Jackie Chan is amazing and is definitely one of my favorites, and I, I've, I've loved every single one of his movies. Isn't I it? There's even a movie that wasn't necessarily a martial arts movie. It was actually a romance movie that only had two fight scenes. Uh, called Gorgeous. Gorgeous. I fucking love that. That, that fight scene with, with that guy. I can't remember his name, but he was a member of the uh, like the Australian division of the Jackie Chan stunt team. I can't remember his name. I want to say it's like Brad or Bradley, but that fight scene at the very end with him, with that guy, was... Mm-hmm amazing or meals on wheels with against benny the jet fucking amazing it gorgeous was so is, fucking fast but gorgeous yeah the fight is gorgeous is great gorgeous is my favorite jackie chan movie and it's not even a martial arts film there's literally like two fight scenes in the whole movie that one in drunken master oh that's just a classic oh here's a fun fact um going back to the whole jar jar binks thing um, every single character in Star Wars bases their fighting style off a different form of martial arts. I have heard that before. If you watch Jar Jar Binks fight, it's Drunken Master. Yes, it is. If you go, yeah, if you go to that the the android battle at the end of Phantom Menace, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely Drunken Master. It's making people think that all of your moves are not choreographed when they are. You know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, you know exactly what you're doing. At all times. And if you actually watch a video of them comparing Jar Jar's fighting to a master of Drunken Master, it is exactly the same. <laughs> I, I under, Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm playing that scene in my head. I absolutely 100% believe that. Yeah. 
But we're gonna have to uh, not cut this short because we're on the two hour mark. But we're gonna we're gonna have to. This has been so fun. I definitely want to come back. Well, you're more than welcome, bro. Um, I'll work out the scheduling. We could probably do it in the next month or so, okay. so you have more to talk about or whenever you're free. Um, but thank you so much for stopping by. I enjoyed. Thank the you for having me. Uh, definitely find me on Facebook. I'll send you that orbit culture stuff. You will I not will. be disappointed. I sent you a friend request already. Oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> thank you for stopping by, everybody. Go check out um, Love the Hate. They're on all social media. Well, not all, but they're on most social medias. They're not on Pornhub or OnlyFans yet. Not oh, yet. Damn it. Look, what? Frank is look, <laughs> Frank is working on it. He's he's already created his username. It's footlongfrank69. He's working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it too, but with a name like Pink Sock, I don't think I can do that. Because do you know what Pink Sock is? I, I don't know if I want to know. Okay, um, Pink Sock. Yeah. It was supposed to start off as like a comedy show of three people. Greg wasn't part of it at that time. It was supposed to be me and my buddy Tony and Dave of Psalms of Silence. Um, and instead, Dave couldn't do it, so Tony did it, and we started getting guests, and it was called Pink Sock. And I kind of just stuck with the name. It's actually a medical uh, condition. Uh, okay. it's, it's when you uh, perform anal sex unlubricated too many times and you have a prolapsed rectum and that prolapse looks like an, it looks like a pink sock. Um, there's I certain, my, I will see myself out now. <laughs> there's certain <laughs> guests. I don't tell that to because they're not into like the whole sexual shit. So like, I just leave it at that. But, <laughs> but, and what? by the way, we've had a lot of pretty good guests on here, including yourself. We've had, oh my god! I, the next time I come on here, I gotta bring Frank with me because he would have he would have had some comments. You guys, you can bring the whole band if you want. I don't give a shit. I don't we know can if we a, can all fit in the shot. We can fit up to ten people on here, but we'll all be interrupting each other. So hopefully, we can at least bring one or two of you guys. I'm I'm, I'm definitely I'm, Frank would love this. I'm gonna try and bring Frank on to the next time. Sweet. Um, go check out Love the Hate. They're on Facebook at Love the Hate Band. They're on Instagram, Love the Hate underscore official. They're on Twitter at Love the Hate 2. Go ahead and send all your hate tweets to Love the Hate 1 so they can get their own uh, tw tw Twitter. We <laughs> just I want at Love the Hate. Like, let us have it. Why didn't you just do Love the Hate Band? Uh, Honestly, I don't know. I didn't make the original, like, I didn't make the social medias. Um, our original singer, Butch, did. And then, so I, I don't know what his thought process was on that. But. but it was nice talking to you about comics and about, I forget what all we talked about. It's been We talked about a lot of things. <laughs> I think a lot of things that might get us. It might get us in trouble. No. Um. <laughs> so, uh, particularly me, because geographically where I'm located, I'm probably going to get in quite a bit of trouble. I need to lock my doors. <laughs> you know, if Howard Stern can be on the air for 40 years, I think I'm safe. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> but check out Love the Hate. They're incredible. They have a new single out uh, available. Or is it available on Spotify? ITunes? It is available on all streaming platforms. Please give me your money. Okay, give him your, uh, what do you get, like a penny every thousand listens or something? I get maybe half of I, I I get a hay penny. Oh, you get a hay penny. You don't even get a penny. No, I get a hay penny. You get like a Jamaican penny. 
Do you know what Jamaican dollars like what it converts to? I think like one, I have no idea. I think one US dollar equals like a hundred and like twenty-seven dollars in Jamaica or some shit. Wow. <laughs> like something outrageous. But it was nice talking to you, brother. Um make Absolutely, sure you, man. Make sure you guys subscribe to our channel and go follow and like uh them on all social medias. They even have a YouTube channel, I think, right? Yes, we do. Go check them out on YouTube. They're everywhere. They're working on an OnlyFans. Um we're working on it. What's what's the name? Footlong Larry or something? So Frank, our lead guitarist, he's working on it. It's gonna be a Footlong Frank sixty nine. I'm totally kidding, but now that I've said that, he might do it now. <laughs> footlong Frank, you guys are gonna have a competition with Subway. Who has the better footlongs? Well, Frank's cost more than five dollars. I will tell you that. <laughs> oh, you know from experience? No. I like Maybe. how on this yeah, show. On this show, we we talked about uh, Frank's footlong. We actually had a guy on the show a few months ago. It might have been a year now. His name's uh, Mike Fasano. He played drums for Warrant, and he's produced a lot of music. He's a great guy. He also played with Ryan Roxy and Dad's Pornomag. But he told us a story about how he got his name, The Sack. Now, if you get if you get a <laughs> chance, go check out the episode with Mike Fasano because the story's fucking hilarious. Got it. He has a huge nutsack, by the way. That's how he got his name. <laughs> I, I, I put two and two together. <laughs> but it was nice talking to you, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Remember, everyone, live long, rock hard. See you guys next week. And we're on Instagram.